Welcome to episode 769 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 769 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, thanks, Bevan. How about you? Pretty good. You know, it's a frosty morning. You said you've worn too many clothes on the way up. Yeah, got the leg warmers on, got the uh, Epic Camp Light jersey on, a little polyprope underneath, had the jacket on, sweating up a storm halfway up your hill. Yeah, you do sweat up a storm, don't you? Mm. The other day I was riding home from the gym, I'd done a workout, and I coached that morning, so it was quite cold in the morning when we were coaching, and I went to the gym to a workout, and all I had was all the gear that I coached in, so I had like a, my big Catman do winter jacket, about five layers on, Yeah, I got to the top of hill, John, got to my home, and basically it looked like I had a shower. <sighs> It was not a good place. Yeah. I'm talking proudly brought to you by? You can. Uh, great, great functional sports supplements for, oh no, that's Beam. That's Superstarch. Yeah, <laughs> Superstarch. So, so, we're actually going to interview with uh, You Can later on because they brought out a gel, which is exciting times ahead. We've also got who? We've got Beam. Beam creates higher quality functional sports supplements for better sleep, balance, performance, and recovery. You can use a discount code IMTALK at checkout. Uh, we've also got our patrons. We have got Terry DLS Besadi. Murray the Holy Hammer Lapworth. Kia ora Murray. I'll be seeing him tonight. And Adam Flipper Philby. Has the course gone? It's going slowly. Yep. Do you pass? Do you get exams? No. No, no exams? No. It's my kind of course. Yeah. You just, so how do you know if you've improved? It's, just, it's a self-journey, Bevan. Oh, it's a self-journey. Yeah. Okay, uh, this week we've got some news, we've got Hot Topic of the Week, Age Group of the Week, Pro of the Week, Coach's Corner, we've got a quick interview about the new New Cam update, a Winger of the Week, and questions and answers at the end. Jombo, St. George, John sent me a message yesterday saying, Bevan, you have to watch the last 30 minutes of St. George. Now, interesting stuff happened. It was very interesting race, so a little bit about the results, uh, kind of, no, no, it was a bloody quality field, that's what it was. The men's side of things, uh, Lionel Sanders won, won, which is probably no great surprise. Uh, he came home in four in 3.42.55, swam 25 minutes, which for him was pretty good. To put that in perspective, he was about minute and a bit behind the leaders, which is pretty good. Rode a 202. The course record there, I think, is a 201, so pretty fast on the bike, and then ran a 111.03. Uh, to beat out Sam Long by six seconds. We'll go into that in a bit more detail. Magnus Ditlev was third, Rudy Von Berg fourth, and Jackson Laundry in fifth. But high quality field when you got guys like Matt Hansen finishing 11th. Um, got George Goodwin, he blew up a bit on the run. He was down in 17th. Michael Loop was racing. Yeah, he was. He was right in the mix too, coming off the bike. But he had 55 male pro finishes and probably another 10 or so did not finishes. So it was a big field. Very tough course. Um, lots of up and downs on the bike. Uh, and likewise on the run. So 111 on the run is booking it because it was not a flat run by any stretch of the imagination. So when I, I John said 30 minutes from the finish, tap in, see what's happening. So at that stage, four guys come together. 
And ha- one, one had been disqualified. So who had been disqualified? The, this was weird. You didn't find out about this. Guys that have watched the coverage will, will know what we're talking about. But you had two two off the front uh, coming off the bike. You had Rudy Von Berg and Magnus Ditlev. And they were uh, about two minutes off the front. And they both bigger guys, a little bit gangly looking runners. You didn't think they were going to hold on. Yep. But Ditlev did extremely well to hold on to third place. And Rudy Von Berg fourth. And they, they lay the hammer down on the bike. But yeah, coming... Um, in, in the middle stages of the run, it kind of all came together. Lionel Sanders and Sam Long were, were together. And then this, uh, and then what was his name again? Bloody hell, I've lost uh, the Dan name Bonnier. now. Yeah. Uh, back in guard, he was in the mix as well. And a lot of people have been talking about him pre-race. He's won Ironman races. He's been in good form. He actually did the Super League might have been, it was the weekend before last. Uh, he got thrashed in that, but he's a, a definitely an up-and-coming athlete. Uh, but he was running along, and he was him and Lionel Sanders were spanking at the front, and then they say, oh, and Ditlev's been disqualified for not taking his draft, for not taking So here's penalty. what I found really interesting about it. So if you watch the race, and, and I'm sure many of you probably haven't, but if you watch the race, they're gunning it. And mm-hmm. and in many and, and Sanders is a fighter, so he's not going to let him go. And at this stage, we're thinking Sanders probably doesn't know he's disqualified. Yeah. And why aren't the why aren't the officials just pulling him off the course? I totally agree. Because to me, there's an advantage to Sanders mm-hmm. having someone to run with him mm. at that moment. Yeah. Or. Sanders blows up because he's chased a guy who's not in the race. Totally. And at the same time, we don't know whether or not the other fella knew he was disqualified or not. Quite easy that he didn't know. Well, with, surely he didn't know. Um, well, like Joe Skipper a few weeks ago, he got DQ'd at a race for the same sort of infringement uh, and he ran on the run to, he only ran in seventh or something like that, but for a training day. Um, so in some regards, you might go, hey. If you do it for a training day, you don't, you don't chase the winner. I, I agree, but then you, 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 go, you go, well, I'm here, I've travelled halfway around the world for, for my own personal growth, shall I see if I can match one of the best guys in the world? And he did for a long period. So whilst he's not going to get a payday, he can go, hey, but To I've me, if you're disqualified, you shouldn't be able to influence the race. I agree. I'm just looking at it from yeah. the other side of the... So I just understand, because the commentators are talking about it, why aren't one of the race officials saying, mate, you're out? Mm. You know, because and so the one thing the commentators were saying was that sometimes they'll race because then they'll dispute the qualification after the race. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, you can dispute it. You, there's no dis- You can't dispute or get off for drafting infringement unless you. Well, you can't. No. Maybe further down the track, you can. All it's wear just not a good precedent geez. because he did influence the race. Oh, I agree. And so, to me, in that situation, if you're a race official out there on the course or you're a marshal, um, you, you go out and say, "Mate, game over." Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, what was interesting about the run, though, is that yeah, the, there was this group that kind of came together. There was four of them. Then it kind of strung out a bit. Then it came back together. Yeah, yeah. Sam Long uh, was was out the back door. I think he raced over for him. He'd been having an amazing last sort of nine months or so. Uh, but I thought he's out the back door. But the big fella, but he put the big strides in on the way down the hills yeah. and pulled back up to Sanders. So essentially you were going into the final 5K and these two were going head to head. And, and gunning it, weren't they? They were running fast. So 111 on this course, you know, if it was a flat course, I would expect you'd say 109 or something like yeah. that. That is booking it. It's uh, a so very impressive running. Sam Long looks awesome when he runs. Lionel Sanders actually is starting to look a bit better. He didn't seem to have the same well, sort of hitch it, on him. It, it, I think it came and went. Because mm. when I first came in, he had the hitch. Mm. And then by the end, he actually straightened up. Mm. Yeah, so... But both similar sort of athletes and personalities, they were, you could see them micro-surging the whole time. And it was, like, it was almost like Sanders did not want him to get... 10 centimetres in front of him. It's like front-wheeling someone when you're biking with them, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it was it was an interesting dynamic. Uh, 
and a great race. I, I just wonder if it had been two other people, not Sanders and Long, who are both big personalities and well-known, whether we'd be discussing this in, in as much detail. Let's say it was Andreas Streitz and Florian Angert, who were 6th and 7th. If they'd been going head-to-head, would we have been so excited? Probably not, but it still would have been a bloody good race. Well, what was interesting is that the commentators, and I don't know much about Sam Long, but apparently he's got a better kick at the end. And mm. so Sanders went early. So he, they had a water station, didn't they, about maybe 500 metres or maybe mm. a K from the finish. And that's when he attacked. And they were kind of saying he needs to attack early because... In theory, Sam Long will have a better sprint. Uh, and it worked okay, because he put the six seconds on him in the last little bit. I, I think one thing that's fascinating is Sanders' ability to win in those moments. Well, that's what he lives for. And he was yeah. emotional at the end because he goes, this is what it's all about. Yeah, you know? and, and, but he keeps doing it, doesn't he? Yeah, so very impressive racing. Sam Long's uh, going to be awesome. He's had a really, really good last six to nine months at some of those PTO races, winning them or being on the podium. He looks great when he runs. He's still a young fella. He's a beast on the bike. Pretty shitty swimmer, um, and that could isolate him. Uh, he's doing Ironman Tulsa in a few weeks' time. Uh, so he could, you know, there's a bunch of them now that are just weapons on the bike that are going to be coming from a, a, a slightly poorer position. There'll be Sam Long, Lionel Sanders, um, Joe Skipper. There's a bunch of other, uh, probably Keenlayers sometimes in that group. Uh, so that could really affect the dynamic up the front of the race. You know, a few years ago, I've probably been talking about in Kona, that potentially those swimmers, you know, there's a, a growing group that could potentially get away. Now you might have them sort of sandwiched back in. Um, and if you're one of the middle athletes, it might be to your advantage because if you get dropped off the front, you've got another train coming through. And I'm talking sort of long course here. So really good racing. The coverage was as we, we kind of normally expect from the Facebook Live. Oh, well, let's talk about female race. Oh, just, fe- female just, race? Yeah. So it's not Daniela, much to talk Daniela about. Five-minute win. Uh, she just, Danielle Reef just caned it. So we talked about her last week and the coaching change. It's certainly, no, no, you know, going her own way. It's made no difference. She just destroyed them on but the bike. How's this field? High quality. But, but like, high quality. So, so do you still think she's going to dominate Kona? Absolutely crush it. You do? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, she, you know, you got Jenny Metzler, Emma Pallant, Paula Finlay, Sky Monch, and Holly Lawrence uh, going two through six. Those, you would expect those two, four, five, five athletes, highly likely they'd be the top 10 at 70.3 worlds. So, yep. um, yeah, I suppose you haven't got Lucy Charles there. Um, but and you haven't got who won the last one? Um, Anne, Anne Hag? Anne Hag, yep. yep. But the rest of the field is quality. When she's putting... Five, five minutes, to six yeah. minutes and over 90 Ks. That's impressive. Uh, she, she looked a bit laboured in her running as well, she didn't she? always looks laboured on the run. Yeah, uh, yeah. But she ran a reasonable pace. Um, you know, she, her, her run split was still... What, she didn't need to run fast, did she? Second or third fastest. Yeah. Uh, so she didn't... Yeah, she didn't need to. Jenny Metzler looks amazing on the run. She ran a 119 and she was... Uh, I think she must have blown up a bit because she was gaining really fast on Daniela Reef, and then that, that sort of gain putted out a little bit but yeah Emma Parlant and Jenny Metz are probably two of the fastest runners in the sport and they um, didn't take that much time out of her so yep Danielle Reef is looking impressive um, okay coverage so the coverage overall it's pretty typical experience we're going to have not much camera coverage yes uh, yeah, it's just the commentators I'm not going to give well and I'm going to give one gripe against them I think they do a really good job but oh they talk continuously for yeah. four hours. It's just mind-boggling. Yeah, they do. And they get it because it's kind of like each of them has their moment and everyone comes in with the next bit. And then they, it's kind of like a game of table tennis, but they, got yeah. it, they get it really well. Um, 
But it, what the only thing that bugs me, and they would have been directed, they can't mention a challenge race. Like, why wouldn't they talk about Daytona? You know, they, if they're talking about um, Paula Finlay, who absolutely crushed it in Challenge Daytona, which was a massive field, <clears throat> why couldn't you just talk about that? Just say, oh, Paula Finlay had a great race in Daytona, she crushed it there. They can't even bring themselves to say it. It really pisses me off. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the general coverage, again, I don't know how the insides... The thing about that is, who are they fooling? Yeah, you know, like like it's back in the remember, like in the eighties, advertising never acknowledged other companies, TV shows never acknowledged other channels, yeah. you know. And nowadays we're just a bit more human about it. We're like, come on, guys, everyone knows there's other, other oh, outlets out there. It's just mental. Um, and the other thing, and because I don't know how the inside work of all this filming stuff, it's but they just do those close ups of one person the whole time. I'm like, scan back to the rest of the group so we can see what's happening and. If there's a director sitting in the director's chair somewhere, surely they can go, the action's not here, the action's somewhere else. So Ditlev was doing an amazing job on the front of the race and the run, and he deserves to get some good coverage. But we all know the action's happening behind him, so why don't you just pull over on the side of the road for two minutes and wait for them to come up? So little things, but hey, we're still getting coverage, so we can't complain too much, but always like to see some improvement. Uh, You've got a little bit of standards of following. So he posted, so he had uh, his guy... um, Talbot Cox, he does all his filming. Sanders has got an impressive following oh, on, yeah. uh, on oh, YouTube. Yeah. So within one day, uh, he put up a, the final sort of 5K of the run that wasn't the official coverage. It was this guy Talbot Cox filming just on the side of a bike and you could hear the wind rushing and all that. And within a day, he'd had 100,000 views on that. And yeah. He's got a massive following. And it's because he, he, he's a great character, provides good content. Okay, here we go. Who's, who has more? Who do you reckon have more, Sanders or, or we'll go Instagram? Because I don't know how much... Um, well, he's a YouTuber. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Instagram as well. Because okay. you do it all nowadays. Well, I think his YouTube following is impressive. Uh, Lucy Charles is probably another big one. Um, and you could go maybe Alistair Brownlee, people like that, uh, who are some of the big names, and maybe Daniela Reef. While Bevan does that, I'll uh, talk through Challenge Cancun. So it was held in the in Mexico, and Javier Gomez uh, took that out. Good to see Andy Potts still racing. Yeah. Um, so he finished a credible third place. Javier Gomez swam 24, rode 202, and then ran a 114 to win by around about four minutes over Rudy Wilde and Andy Potts in third, Michael Weiss fourth, and Tyler Butterfield in fifth. And on the female side, uh, Ramina Palcio Bellina finished in first, Ann Kelly in second and Pamela Alvarez in third. Uh, so Gomez, you would, you know, you think he's going to be building up towards the Olympics if the Olympics happen, which starting to look, I don't know, a little less likely. Um, I forgot to mention second, third, and fourth in the females race at St George as well. So just give them a little bit of love. Um, but in Mexico, bloody hell, it was, it was like. 30 degrees or something before they even started so a pretty toasty day at the office uh, on the female side at St George you had uh, Daniela Ray first, Jenny Metzler in second Emma Powell third, Paula Finlay fourth and Sky Monch in fifth Holly Lawrence in sixth, that's a high quality field, fastest runs for the day never heard of her before, I might have her for uh, Pro of the Week next week Sophie Watts from the USA ran a 118.59 that's pretty solid to finish in seventh Okay, so um, Fredino doesn't really have a YouTube channel so it can't really compare. But on Instagram, Lionel Sanders is about 200,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Um, Ferdino has nearly half a million. <clears throat> right. But I, I think Sanders is all about YouTube. He no, just, I guarantee he does Instagram. Let's have a look. I'll look at his Instagram. I guarantee it. Because it's, 
Well, Instagram is just as big as YouTube. Yeah, but I, he, he, so Sanders is about producing videos. Yeah, but you can put them on YouTube, on Insta. Oh, you can. Oh, no, I'm not sure you how younger much. generation. <laughs> <laughs> younger generation. It's, well, John, we're so out of touch. What do we know? Yeah, exactly. There's probably some whole other channel that they're we can't, all we can't even. Yeah, we can't even an argument about this because we both are in the dark. Uh, okay, so there we go. So we had that race coming up. We also got coming up. No, hold on, hold on. Other news yet. You're so focused on your bloody social media. Other news. Oh, this is big news. So the Hall of Fame has been announced for this year. And we've got Natasha Batman and Carlos Maleda, Maleda uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Carlos Maleda was a five-time Ironman World Championship in the hand cycle division and a pioneer for the sport in hand racing, hand cycle racing. Batman has been selected in the Hall of Fame for her first year for eligibility. Uh, she became the first European woman to win the Ironman World Championship in 20, uh, 1998. I don't know that. Mm. Uh, Batman would go on to become a six-time Ironman champion, taking the titles in 2000, uh, 2000, 2000 2001, Two, four, and five. Now, Beba was an interesting one because she was a shocking swimmer, wasn't she? She was a terrible swimmer and small stature. She was a smiling assassin. Yep, she was a weapon on the bike and and a, just a good, strong runner. She was actually a Jew athlete originally. And in her day, she was considered a really fast runner. Nowadays, her times wouldn't be that stellar, would they? Yeah, so she'd be a low, a low three hour, you know, yeah. banging on the door of three hours. But in like, that time, that was really fast for the females. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I remember. I remember you to two thousand and five when she won, yeah. and 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 she passed you. And I remember you. You tell, just tell us what happened. Well, I think she got a drafting infringement. So somehow I ended up in front of her on the bike, and I, I, this, so this day I had a decent swim, biked, overbiked, and <laughs> went through the first ninety first. 60k in an hour and a half, which is averaging 40k an hour. Thinking <laughs> this is this is not going to end what, well. What am I doing? But I'll keep doing it. And this this is I was racing in the in the pro ranks, and I wasn't I was better out of my. Out oh, of my you raced as a pro, did you? Yeah, yeah. What was it like? Uh, I don't know any different, and I was kind of used to it, so it wasn't that big a deal. Uh, um, but you got a nice head start. That was when they used to do one mass start, and the pros would get like a, a 20 meter head start on everybody. Oh, else. so it was all in the whole field, was it? Mm. Uh, oh no, actually. No, there was a 15-minute head start or something like that anyway, yeah. for whatever it was. Um, anyway, going on on the bike, and I think she must have got a drafting so infringement. Wait a what, what are you thinking? You're 60Ks into it. You, you're a coach. You know, you've played the sport well, forever. this is the days before power meters and stuff, so you kind of uh, – And I think longer, my yeah. heart rate monitor wasn't working, so I was out of touch with my heart rate as well. <laughs> and this was 2005, so this was uh, – you know. So where are you in the field at this stage? I'm getting absolutely towed. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm getting towed. Even though I had a decent swim, I'm, I'm getting smoked. Uh, so you qualified at Ironman New Zealand, did you? Yes. Because back in those days, there was just so many slots. Yeah, I got 10th yeah. at Ironman New Zealand, and – Anyway, you go through the bike ride. I'm suffering like a dog on the way back. This is what happened. And she passed me at the, that's what happened. She passed me near the airport, which is like 16 k's to go. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm biking crap, but I'm only getting passed by the second female at that stage. Yeah. So, it's not that bad. And then, uh, and then I take off out of on, onto the run, and I'm I'm pl- I'm planning on running to foolishly, you know, <laughs> close to three hour schedule. And I'm sort of looking at my watch. Going okay, yeah, this first first k's or first miles, okay, I'm about on pace, and then I'm hearing all this cheering behind me, and then she comes up past me, so she must have had a drafting infringement that she served yeah. at the end of the bike, 
And I'm thinking, okay, I'll um, stay with oh, her. I'll stay with her. She, uh, and knowing the peeve results, she's probably going to run in the region of three hours, so I'll just go with it. And I was on pace, and she just annihilated <laughs> me. So she would have had a positive split and through through the race because she must have gone out fast and then faded. But anyway, she ran up and caught Michaeli Jones and won the race. And that would have been her, her you- last one. Who won the men's that year? She, she went back and raced a few times, didn't she? That was the year that Faris Al Sultan won because oh, I remember off. he had won. And I'm like, who the hell is that guy? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he took off on the bike and they let him go, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you ever let people go, but you go, I'm not. Is this guy a contender? Yeah, yeah, all the runners would have thought. So she, she was a great athlete. Oh, and high cadence, I remember. Sorry? She had massively high cadence. On the... Just her running. Yes, on the run, and yeah, she didn't look like a natural runner, but she certainly moved along, all right? Yeah, yeah, and, and real legend, you know. So so Paul has won the most. She won eight. Right. And then there's her, Mark Allen, Dave Scott have won six. Mm-hmm. So she's of a pedigree. What's Chrissy? Is she, she four. four or five? Yeah. I think she won four. And Daniela's won three? Four. Three or four? Yeah. Yeah. So, and on the men's, uh, Fredino's won three. Three or four? No, I don't think he's won four yet. Yeah. He's going to get six, though. <laughs> oh, I think the clock might be ticking yeah. But we'll find out Time will tell uh, Just one thing When will the UK team Be announced for the Olympics? Oh well, If I the Olympics know. go ahead Yeah I don't know Because I, I imagine um, UK guys You can let us know But there's this race On the 14th of May Which is Yokohama They may be using that As a showdown I'm not quite sure So then If, he, if Alistair doesn't make it Ironman looking good this year? I think he's already got a slot Yeah be interesting to see If he turns I up. think who knows with all this bloody where we're at the moment? Because if he doesn't make the Olympics, his short course career is pretty much over, isn't it? Well, yeah, like you'd think so. Race, but like Gomez gonna... went back though. Yeah, um, but do you think Alistair Brownie's trying to make the Olympics in Paris? Well, he might Paris? just, he just likes to race. It might not be Paris. It might just be, I want to keep doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Interesting. Okay, uh, we've got uh, challenge. Hold on, it? hold on. Um, uh, one yeah. other thing here. Iron Man without the swim. Oh, yeah. So we had a few people send this through. First one was uh, Jeff the Explosion Curry. Iron Man is sending athletes emails telling them that they now have the option to opt out of the swim if they like to due to lack of swimming facilities for many uh, during the pandemic. Might be an interesting one to talk about. I saw somebody post this on uh, social media as well and people, are, all the hardcores are going, nah, this is bullshit. You've got to do the swim. Stop being soft. Cox and I, in many circumstances, you would be that I would person. Be, would you? I would agree with that. But you know, you go, you got people haven't swum for like a, over a year in some instances. So I think it's it's a bit silly, but it's kind of fair enough. If you if you're a non-swimmer and you have not been able to swim for a year or a year and a half or hardly yeah. not any swimming. Well, I know I, I, when I gave up triathlon. I did, you know, swimming died to me. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't swam since, well, maybe had two sessions. Um, and I remember one year I did the Queenstown Triathlon. It's kind of around Christmas time. It's just like the, mm-hmm. the lake, what's the, the, the lake? Lake Haze. Lake Hood. Lake Haze? Lake Haze. Okay. Yeah. So um, I did that race and I hadn't swam and mate, and I just got blitzed by the whole field. Mm. And it was only 400 metres or something. Mm. And it did my head in. Oh. And you're a capable swimmer. You can swim, you know, you're swimming about an hour or so for the, well, a little bit under that. 53, mate. 53? <laughs> Don't forget it. Oh, sure. Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I actually think it was long. <laughs> um, but yeah, for those people that swim oh, an I hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. And they haven't been able to swim. I feel for them. And you're like, oh, you can't run. Yeah, I get it. Any other year I'd say, forget this. That's just ridiculous. But I get, I have a bit of sympathy. Do you get to call yourself an Ironman? Sorry? Ah, oh, who cares? Yeah, go for it. 
Okay. You're very, you've changed. You've been very generous. Yeah. Uh, coming up this weekend, we've got Challenge uh, Riccone. Yep. Uh, Keenley's back in action. He is. So he's been battling with a bit of an Achilles problem. So ooh, I'm really interested to see how he goes in the next year or two. He's certainly coming towards the end of his career, but he's still a weapon. So oh, yeah. he's uh, he's predicted to come in first place in front of Peter Hemrick and Pablo Gonzalez, who both those two raced recently, along with Andy Boucher, who also raced uh, in that one that Fredino did a couple of weeks ago. And then on the... In- Female side, Indy Lee, Sarissa Devers, and Alexander Tondur is the top three C's for Challenge Riccone, which I'm pretty sure is in Italy. He's actually not that, well, he's only 36. Mm-hmm. So he's still got a few more good years in front of him. Yep. Like if you look at Fredino, he's nearly 40. Mm-hmm. In theory, he's got four more years in front of him. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. To, as you say, it'll be interesting to watch the last part of his career. Uh, the race is not happening. That was supposed to be happening this weekend that I still wanted to give a mention because I don't think we mentioned it before is the Himalayan X try. Why isn't it happening? Because of COVID, so people oh, can't people okay. can't get there. This looks pretty epic. It's your, it's your classic sort of extreme try, uh, iron distance, three point eight k, one hundred and seventy five and forty three k run. Uh, on the run, on the run, the highest point you go over is four thousand meters. So it looks like a it's a tricky run. But just the elevation is mental. If, if anybody has, or if you haven't been to altitude before, as soon as you start getting above about 1,500 metres, you are really noticing it. There's a significant difference uh, running at 1,500 metres to 2,000 metres. The highest I've ever been on the bike is about 2,400 metres. Uh, so to go to 4,000 metres running is mental and it won't be running it'll be uh just trekking basically <laughs> looks like a bloody tough day so the swim you start at four o'clock in the morning um sun rises at five so you're doing that swim uh, in the dark the bike uh sounds like it's not crazy hard well you know i take that back actually i've just seen the elevation 5360 meters elevation grade steepest gradient uh 16 and then the roads around there sound like they're pretty rough so you're probably almost going to be on a cross bike because there's potholes and shitty roads everywhere and then the run you gain 3540 meters with the highest point being 4000 meters <laughs> steepest gradient this can't be right. Fifty-four <laughs> percent. That doesn't. You're that, surely that can't exist. That's like, well, well it, it can't exist, isn't it? It's that's climbing. That's not a. That's not a track. That's climbing. That is climbing. <laughs> so anyway, it's the Himalaya Himalayan X try. It's not on this weekend, but it looks like they'll try to run it again uh, same time next year. Okay, this week's discussion was tell us about the best race in your area that's not a big branded event and what makes it so good. Now we've got quite a few answers through here, so let's smash through them, John. Tony Hodge says a coastal classic, a thirty K trail run along the Royal National Park, just south of Sydney. Beautiful trail and super well organized. Great atmosphere and always sells out. Uh, B, um, ben Pasella, I'm gonna say here is DB Max Sport Timing and Events. Uh, the Titan Brecon in 19th of June in Wales. It's a 1.9k two lap swim around the island in the lake. Uh, a tough on a 60 mile bike featuring the Iron Mountain. Uh, climbing over 6Ks, total bike courses, 1,600 metres elevation, and then a 21K run with a 350 metres of elevation gain, which is three laps of 7K. There is always a swim prime, um, prime polka dot jersey for the fastest mountain, and it's very family friendly, and Jane's and his crew, especially Loudmouth Dave, Dave are brilliant, which always reminds me that I need to enter. 
Steve Deodonis says the Santa Cruz Triathlon, they give over 70k towards local schools. You swim in the wharf, you ride on Highway 1 up and down the coast, run along the cliffs, the best Olympic distance race out there. Uh, Arnold's got uh, the Volgans Lake Triathlon in France in Jura Mountains. It's awesome lake swim passing under a 50 metre bri- bridge, 50 metres above you. A 400 metre run at 20 degrees incline. Ooh, it's to T1, 1,350 metres of climbing on the bike with an 800 metre 18% wall at 2K, a very fast descent and a long steady 18K climb. A run mixing off-road with 400 metres of climbing and a view to die for, even Crowey named uh, on the winner's list in 1994. <laughs> no, there is a lot of good races. Well, no, there used to be a lot of good races in France. I haven't been raced there for years. Um, but yeah, lots of good little races. In Hersey, says there's a Lava Man, which is in Waikoloa. Um, so it's partway down the Queen K. Uh, so check out Lava Man, very popular race. Good old Gord Keane has got a multi-sport Canada's Barrelman Nigeria. Awesome event. Critty Williams. Critter Williams says the team... Porcino Beer Mile. Oh, okay, I'm not doing Beer Mile, sorry. Oh, come on, people like doing Beer Miles. You can give it some <laughs> so love. Held annually in Oxfordshire, England and virtually. Well, that is fun. It is. You know, like, I mean, the, the Triathlon Club did it for a couple of times, didn't they? It's not a sanctioned Triathlon Club event, thanks very much. Okay, okay. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Official over here. But, but it's a fun event. Yeah. Uh, John Weir's got there's a small local triathlon with a 300 metres pool, a swim, a 11k bike and 5k run in my town. It's always nice to ride on local roads. Toby Schnell uh, says the Yangabura Triathlon on the Atherton Tablelands about an hour's drive from Cairns uh, slash in Queensland. Two-day triathlon festival with a few hundred participants in the main event. Standard distance and beautiful freshwater lake. A hilly bike, always windy course and equally hilly run. Awesome atmosphere, great organisation. Been going for about seven years. Good old Carl Bolton's got uh, Midnight Man Dart Fit in the UK. Multi-lap Overnight iron distance is cheap, friendly, and RD knows most athletes by name. A different type of challenge and home in time for breakfast. This is quite a well-known race. David Bones says Hell of the West and uh, yeah. Gondonwini in Queensland. Very tough, honest race. It's um, I think it's 100k. Yeah, it's a 2k bike, a 2k swim, uh, 80k bike, and 20k run. Uh, held in early February in blazing hot conditions. Yeah, and Moore mentioned that one as well. We've also got Robert Wilde. He's got the Long Sheep Half Distance Triathlon in Kemia, Co. Kiri Island. A club race run, run consisting of a tidal sea swim in conditions that are very even year. A tough 80k bike with 1,000 metres of climbing and a tougher hill run with 250 metres of elevation gain. It's often hosted by middle distance Irish national champs. Uh, it's a great after party in Kemia, which is situated on the famous Ring of Kerry. Been there. Uh, Jelly Henriksen says the St. James out the back of Hamner Springs. That's a race that I've uh, talked about, um, the mountain bike triathlon I've done. Sebastian Gallery's got the Husky. The Gord Keane says Multisport Canada's oh, barrel. Oh, I think that one? Did you go from the bottom, did you? I did. I think we met <laughs> halfway. <laughs> we've met in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Have you met me halfway? Okay, so there you go. What about you, John? Uh, I, I, we missed one there. Uh, Rice, R- Reese, James Taylor, John's Pack and Save Triathlon Festival. Oh, I can't miss that one. 
<laughs> Did you do Santa Cruz Triathlon? Yes. Okay. We're, we've met in the middle. We've met in the middle. We should do that every week. Yeah, we, that does make sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only taken us, what, 15 years? A <laughs> uh, okay. uh, couple that I, I haven't done a lot of racing in New Zealand outside of, um, well, nothing that I'd say, hey, that's an amazing race. Um, but one that I would like to go back to that I did when I was at secondary school um, was in Blue Lake in Rotorua, yep. um, beautiful part of the country. Still race? It still happens so every year, so I'd yeah. like to go and do that because I remember it being a lumpy bike ride and a bit of trail running and stuff, So um, and beautiful swim. And then one other one that I enjoyed for a variety of reasons was the Laguna Phuket Triathlon, and that's a nice destination race in Thailand. No, hey, back it up. The question was local events. Oh, okay, local. <laughs> <laughs> it's local. It's just one flight away, or probably three flights away. Come actually. on. Okay, so. Well, I think you're City to Sky. Sea to Sky is, if, if I could do a race, yeah, that's epic. Yeah. I love epic, to do that. Epic and beautiful. Mm. You know, like for, for, if you're in Christchurch or if you're in New Zealand and you want to race locally, it's probably one of the most beautiful races you're going to do in New Zealand. I totally, I, like it's, it's a race that's worth travelling for. Like if I was to say my pack and save triathlon, yeah. that's a sprint distance triathlon. It's kind of cool. It's yep. good. Good race. Um, likewise, the Oxman, really good. Half Ironman yep. um, and so on. Um, but in terms of sea to sky, you'd, you'd, it's worth travelling for it. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning course mm. and a good challenging day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what are the distances? Uh, well, the swim is supposed to be 750 metres. It's not uh, verified because uh, the swim conditions can often be rough. The bike's 16 k's, but pretty much all in the hills. Yep. Uh, and then the run is 7.5 k's, but also uh, all in the hills. And uh, when's this year's event? 13th of March. <laughs> Which, like, oh, March. Oh, can you see? Yep. SeaToSkyChallenge.com. Okay, this week's discussion is what are some of the classic moments of embarrassment for pro endurance athletes making rookie or cringeworthy errors that get caught on camera? That's a long, weird sentence. But <laughs> <laughs> you can reword it. <laughs> I'm not going to. That's going to be on the website. <laughs> uh, so basically what he's saying is the embarrassing moments that pros have done that we get on video. And, and the reason for this is while I was watching. We've got the classic one, but we'll talk about that next week. Well, we've got St. George. So we had St. George 70.3 on Sunday. Yep. It was on at like bloody midnight for us in New Zealand. And so I got up, thought I'm going to get on the trainer and do a bit of TV watching on Sunday morning. And a couple, I had two, about two, two hours 15 or something. And I was kind of playing a bit of most of the St. George race. I watched a good chunk of it, yep. not from yay to, to yep. from the beginning to end. But in between that, I also wanted to watch the final stage of the. Um, Oh, what the hell is the name of the, the, the tour? Store, tour, tour of Romandie, which is one of the, the lead-up races that um, cyclists do either for, the, for the, the Giro, which is coming up, or otherwise they just have to go and do it because they're on a team. And it's coming to the finish. It's the queen stage of this race. They're going up this mountain climb. The weather's been atrocious all day, and it's pissing down. It's cold because there's snow around them, and it's probably sleeting. And there's two guys going to the finish. One of them is Geraint Thomas, who is a tour former yeah. winner of the Tour yeah. de France. And the other guy is probably the favourite to win because he's got a good kick on him. And they're sort of jostling for position. And the one goes in front, the other one goes in front. And they, they, it's an uphill finish. So they kind of go around this twist and turns. Finish line's in sight, literally 30 metres to go. And he jumps out of his seat and his hand slips and he just falls flat <laughs> on his face, Garrett Thomas. I just thought that has got to be... The most, one of the most embarrassing oh, things he could no. ever do. He may not have won. He was either going to get first or second, but he was going to be leading the tour overall. Did he also oh, was out? Uh, no, he got back up and he lost he one second? place and okay. he got third. Okay. And he, I'm not sure if he went on to actually win the tour. He probably did, but so embarrassing. But his hands would have been probably like bloody ice blocks. Yeah, and it was soaking wet. 
and he would have been extremely fatigued and on the limit. And I just felt so bad for it. It was so embarrassing. Jeez. So that's where the, 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 the genesis for this week's discussion. If you could watch, from. so let's say you can guarantee the greatest game of any sport, what sport would you choose to watch? So, so what I mean is like, you, you know, you're going to see the greatest triathlon of all time. You're going to see the greatest cycling race. You're going to see the greatest rugby game. What would be the sport you'd choose? Uh, I don't know. Tour, uh, one of the greatest Tour de France was when Greg LeMond closed in on Laurent Fignon in the final stage after three weeks. So that's in terms of drama. So, so on that one, did they ride into town or was it on the yeah. final? Yeah, they so, rode an in, individual time trial. Oh, so it wasn't with the, the group riding? No, individual time. And he had to make up, it was final stage, he had to make up whatever it was, like a minute or more than that over, it was like almost an impossible amount over, I think it was 10 miles, maybe a little bit more than that. And he did it. It was just like mental. What, um, when, did, think, when did they start making the last stage a, a procession? Uh, that's the norm, yeah. But that, when, did they, that, when did they start doing that? Uh, I th- it's kind of always been like that. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. he would have done that stage before that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder if you ever got like three seconds between winner and second, would they still do it in the last stage? Uh, that happens at other tours where it can come down to the sprint finish. Um, in the last stage, In yeah. the last stage. Yeah. I get when it's like five minutes or something, but mm. yeah. Uh, okay. John, we're going to do a grouper of the week. week. I guess age grouper of the week. John's pulling up the app, so you have to choose them because I haven't got the yeah. app in front of me. We're doing age groupers from the St. George. And John, I'm going to name it age. Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Why is this app not working? Uh, come on, to... app, do your job. Okay. App, you got Top one job. Flashes. I'm going to say... Oh, let's have a pause. Oh, uh, Let's have a pause. I'll keep talking while John's doing it. So what I'm going to talk about right now is... <laughs> What's going to happen with the Olympics? John thinks they're not going to happen, and I'm saying they're going to happen. John, do you think they're going to happen? Uh, I kind of don't want them to happen now. I just think it's just bizarre that they're kind of doing it for the wrong reasons. But uh, but I guarantee when they happen, John, you'll be happy they're on. For me last time. Uh, select a leaderboard. Select a leaderboard. I'm going to say 40. Well, no, I can't select a leaderboard. It won't. Maybe we're bored. I think we bought age group a week. Sorry, the people in St. George. It's not our fault. It's the app's fault. Let's go. Pro of the week. I'm annoyed uh, by this. this time oh, hold on. No, back oh, it up. Back age age group of the week. It says the race hasn't started, but then when you actually click on the age group, it actually gives you the results. So uh, you give me an age group, Bevan. I said 45. 45? That's where I'm going to be going next. No, 45. Winner there, L. Gluron. He, did, uh, he ran a 120.43. That's pretty solid on that Jeez, course. that's pretty good. Uh, he won by three minutes and 14 seconds. Did it all on the bike in front of S. Johnson and Seb Hes- uh, Zessler. What about uh, females? Females. Females. It's great podcast. This is great podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, glad I... It's us that are I'm glad you fought for this one, well, John. Especially, especially when it hasn't even got the first names there. Uh, so another domination there the females yes schmidt took it out with a 137 run winning by four minutes over sarah barber you gotta have a short name you see then you can uh, then you can get there and s gutierrez was there let's move on that was rubbish yeah that was rubbish we should have gone to <laughs> pro, pro of, of the week, week. pretty early I, spent, I did spend a little bit of time on this yesterday because uh one of the athletes this week's pro of the week is jackson laundry canadian canadian he's uh if you, if you really want to know his stats he's uh five point seven uh Five fourteen, sorry, and uh, which is one seventy seven, and yeah, twenty seven years old. Twenty seven. You really went into detail on this one, didn't you? And his his, his birthday is one day different to mine. He's a little bit younger than me, obviously, but he's Just. July the July the seventh. Uh, How were you when you had your kids? 
30 or 31, first one. Okay. 31. No, it was that when we got married. I think we got married at 30. Where, I was, Thomas, Thomas was 14. And I'm 45 this year, so I was 31. Okay, okay there you go. Wedding, kids, boom, boom. Bam, boom. Oh, you, a young guy, Jim, George, he's just got his girl pregnant, planned. Uh, they've just bought the house and he's just got to start his career. <laughs> I said to him this morning, mate, you are adulting because uh, he's 27. So there you go. Uh, anyway, he, uh, Jackson Laundry is ranked 61 on the PTO. He's had two 70.3 wins and 11 podiums. Reason why I put him as pro of the week uh, this week is because he had a really good race last weekend, finishing fifth at St. George uh, in a fairly impressive run split. He was right up there, ran a 113 on the run. When I look back at where he came from, uh, finished it was his ITU career started in 2013, where he was racing as an age grouper, finishing second in the 2024 age group at the ITU World Sprint Champs in London. And then the next year, he went on to uh, race Olympic distance at Edmonton, so on home soil. And so was this age group? Third. Was age group, okay. yeah. So he's just, just racing in age so group. good pedigree early on. Uh, and then slowly moved into the pro ranks, I think, in 2017, I think it was, somewhere, somewhere around about then. Uh, I noted last year he had a serious bike crash. I'm surprised the number of pros when I start doing this that have had like proper mega serious bike crashes. Um, I suppose it's you, you're playing the odds when you're spending so much time out there. But anyway, had a serious bike crash in 2019 and broke, sounded like he smashed his shoulder to pieces. But he's uh, got required two surgeries and then he came back and had a 70.3 win in 2020, I guess before COVID um, spoiled things. Uh, one thing of note that I thought was quite entertaining, he co-race directed the inaugural Canadian Pro Triathlon Championships, which was supported by the PTO. So that was one of the races they sort of like a social distancing race they did last year. There was only a handful of pros, but he kind of helped organise it and then he won it. Oh, there <laughs> so you go. That's good. Nothing like organising a race that you can kind of swing in your favour. Hey. Play the cards in your favour, John. I'm sure you've never done that on Epic. No, but what they did in that race actually, they gave the uh, they only had a handful of athletes racing, and they gave the females a head start. And I don't think they caught the females, the boys. Okay. Uh, Quite a bit of content on Jackson on the PTO page. uh, Quite a few interviews, and he's also doing a podcast as well now. So, uh, and one other thing I was saying because I I looked at one of the little interviews he did after one of his seventy point three wins, and. The guy looked like he had not done any exercise. I'm thinking, is this a pre-race interview? He didn't have any grime or any snot or anything, anything on his face. <laughs> Way and too clean. And he looked as fresh as a daisy. I'm thinking, you have not raced. But he had, and he'd won. Uh, and he had a great race at the weekend, so look out for him. He's got a good run on him, got a good swim. And he was also, his name was coming up in the Zwift Racing Series last year as well, uh, when he was doing extremely well. So another one of the Canadian um, flotilla who's out there doing pretty well. Well, just while I was on the PTO website, John, I I found a young upstart, the number 65th rank in the sport. Mm -hmm. He's got a good career in front of him. Craig Alexander. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, so he's still ranked 65th. Because he still races occasionally, doesn't he? Oh, he's still doing some seventy point threes, and he's still pretty competitive. And then, then there'll be the cumulative effect of uh, of the races that will slowly start to drift off. Forty seven years old. Mm-hmm. He's five eleven. Five eleven. Yep. Yep. And uh, Bertha Pass is in Sydney. He's got seventy three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his latest? Let's have a look. His latest. He, he was racing uh, over summer. He was he was getting in. He the did top the Huskies. Yeah, that was one of the races someone talked about. Yes. Yeah. Where did he finish? Uh, race highlights it doesn't really have uh, Husky 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 um, doesn't have the results right but he did well we got <laughs> enough to get po- he got enough to get points to be ranked there you go so there you go legend of the sport jeez he was a beast on the day wasn't he that, that Kona uh, he was kind of that Kona where he just 
had the perfect performance. Mm. You know, swim, bike, bike, run. You know, he wasn't first off the bike, was he? But he was... Because mm. everyone was like, you know, Crow, Crow before that, because he won three times? Yep. Yeah. So his first two wins was a great running performance, you know, solid bike. Mm. But that day he just came out and beasted it on the bike mm. and then got off the bike as well. No one's going to beat Crow today. Exactly. And Anne ran a stellar run. That was one of the best interviews I've ever done. Yeah. Because I got him just as he came across the line. Crow's always a good interview because he's, he's a good talker and, mm-hmm. he, and he, let, he let you win. Um, you know, just put the mic in front of him and he's, yeah, it was such a cool moment to catch someone. Um, awesome stuff. But yeah, what a legend. Craig Alexander. Okay, let's go. <laughs> sponsor. Let's do sponsor. We've got Matt from UCAN coming up. Here he is. Right now. Right, team. Uh, we're happy to have back on the show uh, from UCAN, Matt Bach. Uh, welcome back to the show, Matt. Oh, thank you, guys. Great to be back on again. One, one of the questions we, we get uh, you know, fairly regularly from UCAN users and so on is, how the hell can I use this on race day? We've given lots of advice on, you know, how you can um, package things up differently. You can have a bottle, maybe in special needs. There's lots, lots of different ways that people are going, can they create We need a new solution. We need a new solution. And you guys have delivered. So t- tell us yes. about the, the new product that's come out. Yes, we have. Uh, yeah, we're very, very excited to have launched You Can Edge, which is the first and only pre-mixed version of Superstarch out there. For years, people have been calling for it. And like you guys said, kind of figuring out their own workarounds to try to bring their UCAN with them, uh, and me included. I mean, I, I, I love UCAN, so I was like, all right, I, I want to see how I can use this on the bike, but then especially on the run. I mean, it's a little tricky on the run if you don't have a like sort of a, you know, a, a pouch or a gel format. Uh, so I'd be like making my own UCAN gel. So I'd take the UCAN energy powder and mixing it in wa- a small amount of water and putting it in a small gel flask. Um, but now no longer needed that workaround, we can just grab some UCAN edge pouches and boom, here we go. So um, is it basically just a concentrated, like, a, you know, you said you went and made your own gels and you added some water. Uh, I imagine there's maybe a little bit more to it. So maybe exp- explain um, how the gel works if people are thinking, is it just you can mix them with a bit of water? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when, you, uh, when you really boil it down, it's basically the same thing because the main ingredient is still super starch. Um, but in uh, one of the major differences here is that a, a, a format like this, pre-packaged, pre-mixed, right? It has water in it. And so it, it brings about a whole slew of uh, challenges when you're creating that because then you need to be able to preserve it because there's water involved. But the powders, they, they're dehydrated, right? They're just powders. And so they can last for a long time on their own. But with the, uh, with the edge you know, pouch format, it's got water in it. So um, for a long time, we've, we've had a bunch of different hurdles that we overcome and I won't bore you with all the details, but a bunch of different hurdles in creating this because we have very high standards for the, the products that we put out. And one of those standards is we want to have as few preservatives as possible uh, in there. And so we, we didn't want to use sodium benzoate. There's a, a number of you know, studies and findings that are showing that sodium benzoate is not great for your health. Um, potassium sorbate, however, uh, it has not been shown to be detrimental to your health uh, like, like sodium benzoate. And so we are able to use uh, just one preservative, just potassium sorbate and not have to have sodium benzoate in there. Uh, and then there's, uh, and so we're very pleased with that. And that was sort of a breakthrough in the, in the, um, the creation of this that allowed us to get it to market. Um, the other piece of it is that super starch is, you know, somewhat delicate, right? If you heat it too much, you know, such as through a pasteurization process, which is what some of the gel companies use, then it breaks down the super starch, which then it loses efficacy and its its you know mm. effectiveness. Um, so you really want to be able to keep that very very complex molecule 
which is you know just absolutely monstrous and, and delivers the energy at that steady rate that's easy on the stomach. And if you break down that molecule before it's even consumed, then it loses a lot of that effectiveness. So that was obviously very important as well if we were able to deliver what UCAN is promising with long-lasting energy that's easy on the stomach. Just like with the size of the gel and the kind of dosage, you know, like is it a pretty typical um, size and, and dosage? Are you going to take it? How often would you take it when you're racing? Yeah, it's a little bit bigger and that's, that's uh, intentional. It's because if, you know, with UCAN, because it is easy on the stomach and you can take a bunch at once, so you guys are familiar and anybody who's used UCAN is familiar with this concept of preloading or front loading, you can take more at once because it's easy on the stomach and because it lasts over several hours. Uh, you could take more uh, uh, at once than you would with other things that are very sugary and concentrated that might bother your stomach. So in this case, it's actually a little bit bigger than most uh, most gels. Um, it's in a pouch that's uh, that'll still fit in like a bento box or in the back of a tri kit. And as far as dosage is concerned, you, you're able to take just one you can edge per hour, give or take. Oh. So that's I mean everybody's different as you guys know. So you know for some people they're going to need to take one every 45 minutes, mm -hmm. and some people will be able to take one every 90 minutes. And it depends on your intensity level too. If you're at a higher intensity, you're going to want to take one uh, more often. Um, but if you're at a lower intensity, like maybe you're just out on a hike, then you can take one perhaps every you know, 90 minutes or so. Cool uh, flavors. Just orange right now is the only flavor that it's available in. But stay tuned, there'll be more. It's pretty reasonably priced too. Like I'm just looking on your website right now. So for a box of 12, it's have to be about $2.50 US per pouch, which is pretty pretty fair price in the market for gels and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a premium product that's really competitively priced with yeah. the, the other, uh, you know, on-the-go formats that are out there. Now, availability, you know, we've got um, worldwide listeners here and you popped me, popped me a note the other day about, um, about Australia selling. I think they sold out their stock within minutes or something like that. So yeah. availability in the US and, and around the world, because I know you guys are getting absolutely swamped with orders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, before I came on here, I wanted to make sure that all the international distributors were stocked up. So that in case people wanted it, they'd, uh, they'd have it available. So Australia, New Zealand, the UK... Canada and the Netherlands all uh, have UCAN Edge available on their websites, which are uh, as usual in the show notes for you guys. Uh, the same uh, discount code applies too. Um, so, and as you mentioned, Australia, when they, they placed an order, they sold out, I think it was within three hours, they sold out of everything they bought, bought and shipped over. So they put in another order right away. <laughs> uh, so it should be, it should be available now. And um, just looking on your feedback, the feedback we're getting on your website early on is, is, is all pretty five star, isn't it? Everyone's pretty happy with the product and kind of also the flavor, which is a really good thing to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next flavor, just for like a little sneak peek is, uh, is very likely to be cherry. Oh, nice. And that one's going to be launching hopefully, hopefully pretty soon. I can't give you any, any dates on it yet, but uh, we're, we're trying as hard as we can to get it out there because the demand has been incredible. Uh, it's been really hard to even really uh, keep it on the shelves. Uh, so good, we're, good we're problem to have for business. We can. <laughs> um, you got some yeah, other right? product, product news. Um, so you've also got a new flavor out in your plant-based energy plus proteins. So maybe just mm -hmm. that, tell us a little bit about that and, and any other sort of product news from UCAN. Yep. Yep. Actually we just launched, like you said, this vanilla version. Uh, it's actually kind of like a vanilla caramel almost. Um, it's nice. plant-based. We had such success with the chocolate uh, version of our UCAN Energy Plus Protein, which has pea protein in it, and it's vegan-friendly and plant-based. We've had such a great response with that that we uh, put, you know, put it towards the top of the priority list of our production pipeline or innovation pipeline to have a new flavor. Uh, so there's now the vanilla flavor, and then uh, you know, I think the last time since since we spoke, there's been a number of uh, exciting things like um, UCAN Energy Mix, which is our uh, take on granola. 
-hmm. And it's actually granola that's been essentially like laced with super starch. It's like coated with super starch. So you're getting five grams in each serving. It's delicious. I mean, everybody I talk to says it's delicious. So it's not just me. Uh, People are throwing it in the yogurt. They're just eating out of the bag. They're bringing it with them on uh, on hikes or on runs or whatever. You know, it's it's really good stuff. Um, And then we have Yukon Almond Butter, uh, which launched uh, sometime uh, last year. I think it was in the fall last year. Uh, and that was in stock for, geez, like a month. And then it sold out so fast that uh, we tried to expedite our production run. It was still sold out for a while, but that's back as well. Um, and there's just two, two, flavor, um, two ingredients in that. It's just almonds and super starch. That's it. Nice. Uh, Long lasting. It's delicious. It's very rich. It's just amazing. Great ingredients. Awesome. And the cherry berry almond bars were launched in the, uh, in the fall as well. And those uh, are, are amazing. And guys, if you haven't um, tried UCAN before and you want to get, they've got a little bundle packs there and they've got a training bundle that includes one of the UCAN edge gels we've been talking about. So uh, if you want to just give it a taste and see what you think, um, check it out. And Matt, what have, what have you been up to? I know you were at one stage before sort of COVID or maybe when COVID was hitting, you were, you were looking at making a bit of a, a return. So how's, how's the fitness and are you, are you tracking towards anything in particular? Uh, still not really tracking in towards anything in particular. I'm sort of just uh, chronicling it on my Instagram, uh, but uh, there's been a number of things happening in just in my personal life, which, you know, maybe you'll find boring, but I, I'm moving right now. So we're selling, <laughs> <laughs> renovating our house. We're selling it and we're buying it uh, my in-laws house actually. And then they're looking for a new place to move out into right now. We're all living in the same house. So this has been, oh. it's like sheer chaos around here, but <laughs> yeah. the two kids and the dogs and everything. But uh, that's been kind of sidetracking me a little bit from, training in any bigger way. Plus the fact that, you know, who knows when races are, are going to return, or at least that's what I was thinking, you know, a yeah. handful of months ago, it seems like now things are really actually starting to pick back up again with uh, St. George 70.3 with races returning near you guys in New Zealand. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe at some, at some point I'll, I'll get out and maybe in the fall, I, I'll put something on the calendar and give me something to train towards. Awesome. Thanks very much, Matt. Guys, you'll hear the promo codes uh, in a moment and also at the end of the show. So if you want to go check it out, uh, keep listening. John, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on some of this yeah, product. Yeah, this makes it so much easier, doesn't it? It does. So if you guys want to try it out, if you're going to the uh, .com site, remember the promo code has changed. Uh, I am Talk 2021. If you're going elsewhere, um, I'm not sure if that promo code or the I am Talk one works. Just try them both. One of them will work. And in the, in the US, uh, you go to generationucan.com. In Canada, smartperformancenutrition.ca. Uh, smart Australia, generationucan.com.au. New Zealand, superstarch.co.nz. And in the UK, generationucan.co.uk. Good times. Rock and roll. Let's go Coaches Corner. Corner. Okay, so you're, you're, you're obviously trying to get fast. Well, because often your coach's corner reflects a little bit what you're doing in your training. Well, it reflects that, or otherwise it reflects what I'm get, trying to get some of my athletes to, okay, to do. So, at the time. so what we're talking about today is how to try and nail a 400 TT swim in two weeks, just to get a baseline. When you've really got no clue on what you are doing. And this, I think, this is not a beginner section here because I know that a, a very big proportion of triathletes will not know what their 400 metre time is, will not know what any of their splits are. They go to the pool and they sort of swim by perceived effort. That's all good and well, but if you want to try to take your swimming up a couple of notches and also make it a bit more interesting, if you start swimming to paces, uh, it can make it infinitely more interesting and you can start to push yourself and see if you're making any progress. So uh, the baseline I use, a bit like uh, in cycling, 
your base sort of starting point is like maybe doing a 20 minute TT. For swimming, I generally use a 400 meter TT. And you can't just jump in and go, I'm doing a 400 meter TT and expect to do a good performance. So this is just a little way we can spend two weeks building up and then hopefully be able to have a good crack at it and, uh, and get yourself a good time and set some zones accordingly off that. So the assumptions I'm making are you are reasonably swim fit. I haven't swum for bloody ages, Bevan, because our local pool's closed and I can't be bothered travelling across the Wait a city. second. You can't be going from where you live to Pioneer. No, Pioneer is my pool and it's closed. Why is it closed? Oh, it's been closed all bloody summer. It doesn't open until June. Is it getting fixed up, is it? Yeah. And so we're swimming outdoor all summer. But now the outdoor pool's closed as yeah. well. Yeah, and anywhere else, it's just... What about Aqua Gym? Yeah, but you can't get in there in the morning and... Can you not get there in the morning? Oh, because well, they have swim squads. squads and then after school you got swim squads. So. What did you wear one of the kids' swim squads? Sorry? Oh, I might do. Yeah, but anyway, it's not a high priority. Sorry? Would they let you? Well, you can get the various pools have some squads, but it's also been away a lot and I'm being lazy yeah. and I haven't gotten any All we're hearing is excuses, Newsom. But the assumptions I'm making this, so I would not fall into this category. You need to be reasonably swim fit. And by that, I'm saying if you're coming back into your swimming after break, probably have a good three to four weeks of swimming under you before you bother trying this. Otherwise, it's just going to be a um, yeah, pissing into the wind sort of contest. Yep. Uh, you got to do it non-drafting um, and you need to try to have a clear run at a 400 metre. So if you're going to be going in public space, you want to try to go at a time where you know you can have a pretty clear run at it. It doesn't matter if you do this yards or metres, as long as you're swimming in the same pool that you'll do most of your swim sets. If you're going to a pool and just doing this at a 25 metre pool and then you're going to go off to another one uh, elsewhere, you do need to take that into account because different pools uh, can be quite significantly different in terms of the pace, especially if it's indoor, outdoor, or they've got shitty lane ropes versus really good lane ropes. So here's your two-week sort of plan. Week one, session one, and I'm just assuming people will swim twice a week. Uh, basically go to the pool, do your sort of swim, but within that include six times 100, as hard as you possibly can, <gasps> spreading your effort across that. So I'm not saying go maximum effort on number one. I'm saying your, net, your effect your effort across those six 100s needs to be maximum. You're only getting 10 seconds rest um, between them and then take your average time for all those 100s and work out your average. So for example, if you go down there, typically what people are going to do, they might do the first one might be say a minute 50, the next one might be a minute 53, then a minute 56, then two minutes and then they might hold it together. So basically take all those times and note your perceived effort and work out your average time. Session number two, you want to make sure this is at least a couple of days later, is go to the pool and do three by 200 uh, and try to hold the average pace that you did for those 100s and have a bit more rest, have about 20 seconds rest. So that's still a bloody 600 metres of very hard work, but you're trying to pace it using your average time across those 100s from session number one. Uh, so hopefully after those two sessions you've got a slightly better idea on pacing what's realistic and if you're the kind of person, which most triathletes are, is you're going to start fast with your perceived effort being low and as your effort goes up your pace probably actually falls off. Yep. So it's an exercise in learning to control that sort of first quarter of the swim. <sighs> Week two, then you're going to do a 400 metre test run or 400 yard test run, whatever it is, and practice your pacing. So you do want to keep an eye on the clock or on your watch as you're doing this. So it might slow you down slightly. So you've got to think, let's give an example. Say when you did the 6 by 100s your average pace across them was two minutes. When you go and do this 400, then you want to be 
averaging two minutes across each 100, not going 150, 155, two minutes, 205. Yep. Yep. You want to be trying to go and to keep be an consistent average space. on your speed. So check your watch quickly if you can each 100 meters and try to do an even effort and just learn from it. You probably won't get it right, but learn from it. So first 100, you don't want to feel like you're pushing too hard uh, and then you sort of slowly increase your effort. Um, then session number two of your second week is to repeat the six 100s you did as your very first session, but this time try to have an even times across all of them. So again, not trying to get slower, trying to think I need to control that first 100 and then my effort is going to go up, but hopefully I'll be able to maintain the speed. Yeah. So there's your two-week plan, Bevan. Nice. As simple as that. What about week three? Week three is when you go and do your 400 meter TT <laughs> or 400 TT, yards, meters, whatever So by now you know what time you're aiming for? Hopefully you've got a good idea and the objective of those first four sessions is A, to get a bit of an idea on pacing, but B, to sort of prime you for a good 400 metre effort because you've got some intensity in there. Yeah. Um, so secrets to doing a really good 400 is to control the first 100. So you, you can't be going easy, but you shouldn't be feeling like you're absolutely ripping it. So you feel like you're in control. And the ab- strong, right? Strong swimming. Strong good turns, good streamlines, controlled breathing, good technique, and then the second 100, you just have to increase your effort slightly to maintain your pace. It's a bit like a 5K TT, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know? This, this, and this applies for 20-minute TTs, yeah. everything. Yep. The third 100 is the critical moment, and it's the same in a 20-minute TT. It's that sort of 10 to 15 minutes, if you're doing a 20 minutes, where you've really got to put in the big work. And so the third 100 of a 400, lay it all down there, and the last 100 Survival. is more about uh, hanging on. And the key things when you're swimming, when you're hanging on, is keep your cadence up and to keep your speed up in the pool good streamlines and turns and that'll set you up for good body position and then trying to maintain long and strong posture. So go try a 400. Well, it's a good little challenge, isn't it? Oh, it's great. Yeah. It, mentally, relatively easy test. You know, it's going to be, if you're a good swimmer, it's going to be five minutes, but most people are going to be in the sort of six to eight minute range. Yeah. Um, so it's a short effort and hard. it's easily repeatable you know you could do you don't want to be doing it every week but it's not going to take much out of you in mm. terms of uh, five well, minutes and it's also swimming is not impact yeah so you can kind of go to that hard place and it's a really good way of measuring whether you're making any progress at, at more of an anaerobic level um it's a bit like doing a 20 minute tt versus to, to, to estimate your ftp which is your one hour effort it's pretty rare that people go and do a one hour time trial so you do a 400 have meters have you ever done a one hour uh only a couple they're pretty hard yakker I haven't done one. What, on what's the, harder, twenty or now? Because uh, in a twenty, you're going to go harder. Twenty, right you know, I'd say twenty is is more painful than yep. an hour. Um, and haven't done one on the trainer. That's just because I don't really want to. Yeah. And it's not real. You know, if you're going to do an hour, as long as you've got somewhere you can go and get a good run at it, yep. and you're not going to be stopping, then it's it's a lot more real world. So you might get a better, a slightly better result inside because you know you can push a bit harder and you don't have to worry about anything. But at the end of the day, we we're doing most of the stuff is to. Get Try to race faster. Yeah. Okay, winger of the week. week. Okay, so I've actually, I'm going to say number... F- oh, we're taking over, are we? 14. Number 14? Yeah, I always pick the number. Oh, you picked the number. I thought you were about to... Well, I've actually, I have looked ahead. Right, okay, you go for it. Uh, Michael, I'm going to say Stroker? No, uh, S-R-O-K-A. How do you say that name? Stroker. Uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's a Polish dude in, in the UK. Lives in, in up in Edinburgh. Yep, and and and, and Edinburgh? yeah, I'm sure. No, it's Lynn Lithgow. Okay, Lynn Lithgow. Yeah, would you say that in Scottish? 
Don't. He's Scottish accent. <laughs> Come on. He's Polish. So. Lynn Lithgow. Lynn Lithgow. Lynn Lithgow. Yeah. That's my Scottish accent. Uh, one thing that Michael does very well is takes lots of good photos. Yeah. Have Tra- you found him yet? Trains with his wife quite a bit as well. Yeah. Do you know him? Yes. How do you know him? Because. You know everyone. You know, yeah. John actually knows everyone of our listeners, thousands yeah. of people. He knows all of them. Stalks them all on Facebook and Instagram. He loves it. Yeah. Beautiful photos of terrain as well. Mm-hmm. Consistent train. If you look at his stats, although I tell you what, June last year he was beasting it. He did beast my. We I think we mentioned him all the way back then during uh, lockdown. He, he he was doing like a hundred k a day or something like that for for a period. Well, it looks like for a month. Yeah. Um, but consistent trainer, pretty much, and you can see he kind of does up into three weeks up, one week down kind of cycles. He's very consistent with his model. He's done a sub three hour marathon. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add to it, John? You seem to know him very well. All right, that's all good. There you go. So this is uh, Michael. Hey, says last name. Uh, Shroker Shroker You are this week's Wanger of the week John let's do our next sponsor Beam 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 Bevan you should be the <laughs> Marketing person for them uh, So Beam creates the highest quality Functional supplements For better balance Performance Recovery and sleep I think you and Melina A few weeks ago Talked about their CBD product yeah. uh, for Around sleep And they've now got uh, Elevate Which is a non-CBD product um, Around hydration So Elevate Hydration Gives your body The electrolytes it craves And more It's their first Non-CBD product uh, It's created not only As a hydration solution But an elevated supplement to support hydration throughout the day. Each mix is made with a core electrolyte blend including ingredients like coconut water and Himalayan salt all sourced responsibly. Um, it doesn't have any sugar, well, it's got a minimal amount of sugar so other hydration powders can have 10 grams of sugar, this one's only got 1 gram. Uh, you'll never need to find, you'll never find any added sugars, GMOs or artificial sweeteners in their products. Perfect if you're busy and need a quick, effective uh, way to refuel. Uh, Also especially important for you guys going into summer to sort of keep your electrolyte balance up. So check it out, beamtlc.com. Only available in North America at the moment and you guys can use the promo code IMTALK for a discount. Uh, And just going back to their sleep product as well, um, if you are struggling with sleep, check that out as well and if you want to find out more about the Beam products um, we talked in a bit more length to their, one of their founders a few weeks ago on the show so you go back and listen to that around their sort of four pillars that they work off I like the idea of the four pillars too because you know balance performance recovery and sleep mm. you know like those are the kind of four areas it's kind of basic life isn't it mm. you know you, you obviously want to have your recovery strategies you want to be able to perform when you need to perform maintain that balance and then your sleep is such an important you know what I, 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 did I tell you I don't take my phone in my room anymore we had a little discussion about that in our place this morning because I went and bought an alarm clock oh. and because uh, I don't want the phone in the room we have discussed this and I get up at five pretty much every day yeah. and Belinda normally doesn't wake up when my phone goes off yeah. which if she does she just, just sort of murmurs and goes back to sleep yeah. the new alarm clock's turned up <laughs> had it for about a week Apparently it's not coming in the bedroom tonight. I, I bought a little vibration one. I'm going to look at yours. I was going to discuss yeah, this. Because, yeah, and, uh, and now I have to put on a piece of clothes. Yeah. Because I had it on the table. And it was, you know, it yeah. was actually worse than an alarm clock. But then I just put it like a t-shirt beside my bed and put my alarm clock. Joe doesn't even hear it now. Mm. And it does wake me up. So it does work. Yeah. And um, it's only like this big. It's, it's like, like if you listen to this, it's kind of like half the size of an iPhone. Um, so it's pretty small and it works really well. But I tell you what, and I wasn't a terrible person on my phone. I wasn't a shocker, but probably, it, yeah, I just, I'm sleeping way better. Mm. Something about just not being there, I don't know. Mm. And when you do that thing in the middle of the night, not that I was someone to get up and check my phone in the middle of the night, but you just, 
you just go back to sleep. You know, like I don't know. It's I've been doing it for about a month now, and I won't go back. Mm. I allow myself two nights a week. So when I get to sleep in, I'll allow my phone in my bedroom at night because oh. I'll I will browse. You know, because I like Friday's day off, so on Thursday night I'll do it, and like on a Saturday night I might do it as well. But other than that, five days a week I don't have in my bedroom. So and I, it really helps. But sleep, God, if you are not sleeping, definitely check out Beam because oh, you need sleep. BeamTLC.com. Remember the discount code I talk for those in North America. John, let's while we're here mention our patrons. Our patrons. Oh, actually, no, I've got an email that, yeah. we, that I want to mention here. So You've copied and pasted a book in here, Bevan. Well, we were just talking last week about Daniela uh, coming out as being gay. And now it turns out she's kind of more bi. Um, but we've got a good email here from John Muncie. What's his name? <laughs> the Mincer. <laughs> the Muncie, yeah, that's right. I just got, during this week, so you made a reference to Daniela being gay. Please take a look at the interview she did with Bob Babbitt or the press release on her Facebook page. She refers to the fact that this, she's had a relationship and has been in love with a woman during the last year, but it's previously been dated men. She specifically refers to herself uh, to the fact that she does not want to be seen or need to be identified by any type of sexual orientation and prefers to adapt the mindset of live and let live and love and let love, which is really cool. Uh, uh, if she was to be labelled, she would rather be bisexual than gay. With respect to athletic uh, athletes who are open with their sexuality, Coley Beals is openly gay and describes himself as a radically trans parent triathlete he's got a great youtube channel apparently and rachel mcbride uh, defines herself as non-binary that's the thing nowadays there's just so many terms mm. you know because there's there's all these terms around sexuality which i think is great I, I think to me you're an adult live your life how you want to live you know yeah. you know and so for me i have no problem with any type of sexuality i'm just confused with all the terms yeah because there are many like i don't know what's this it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um as correctly mentioned, Sarah Lindley was openly and married to Rebecca Keat. I didn't know she was married to Rebecca Keat. Oh, I there did. Okay. Uh, Chris Mosier is also one of the world's first transgender athletes to have converted to from female to athletes and represents USA in both genders. I mention this because one of the things I'm most proud of in triathlon is our open and inclusive nature where sexuality is simply not questioned. And by <laughs> not... Uh, <laughs> and not because of my mincer nickname, which is that I am an authority on the subject, which I am not. Uh, and I kind of went back to him, and I said, just said, I hope we didn't come across as that we had any kind of prejudice against these things. And he said, no, you didn't. And he just said, I just don't, I just feel that the sexuality part of Daniela's interview is the least relevant and personally is a complete non-issue, which I kind of like. Uh, what he said is, was more interesting to me, other than her splitting with Brett, which you covered, was the fact that she did not racing, miss racing and question her identity when racing was removed due to COVID. I'm pretty sure that many pros and age groupers have asked themselves the same question during the past year and will continue to do so. Uh, what At the start of the pandemic, one of your questions was, hot topic was, what will be an unexpected outcome or concern of COVID? My answer was mental health and athletes as their identity is being stripped from them and is typically being alphas. They had nothing to replace the drive to succeed and achieve. Uh, the, and he just said, Cam Brown liked his question. His answer so like that. <laughs> uh, and somewhat similar with Daniela who mentioned that she found herself with a lot of time on her hands and no objective to chase or train for. She had already previously completed a degree in food science for about four years ago and chose to complete her master's at the end of the last year when races were cancelled. In addition, tragically her father suffered a life-changing accident last year which has left him with brain damage and requiring permanent care. Daniela mentioned in an interview that 
in this interview that uh, this inspired her to go out and do further studies in management of psychology in order to understand the brain's decision-making process. So as you can see, her sexuality was, in my opinion, the least interesting part of the story and far more interesting aspects to reflect upon. Maybe athletic identity in times of pandemic may be an area you may want to address in future interviews. So, mm. yeah, he said, okay. sorry for a long email, but yeah, he didn't incorporate bullet points, but but a good point, so. Oh, yeah, and, and in terms of sexuality, it shouldn't be a big deal at all, but it kind of is because it's still not really, really mainstream. For for a lot of us it is, but for a lot of people it's not. So us discussing it I think is valid. But I think the, the important, the interesting part of um, her being gay, well, well, I don't want to put a label on it, but you know. Her sexual stuff. Yeah, yeah, is the Bahrain thing, uh, where it is really yeah. frowned upon. That's the interesting part that I thought um, came out of it, as well as the other points that uh, John mentions there as well. Yeah. And I'll be made to John, I just think it's going to be really interesting, you know, last week's performance proved me wrong, but you, you'd say, you know, you're fine with the elite guys. Once they can't give 100, mm. they're never the same. Mm-hmm. Daniela's that effort who's a step ahead of everyone else. Mm. And kind of as we said last week, with her being a step ahead, can she be 80% committed to the sport and still dominate it? Now, last weekend, kind of proves that's the case. We'll, we'll, Kona's going to be really interesting this year. Oh, yeah. You know. well, she's racing again in a couple of weeks' time in Tulsa. Dare say she's going to absolutely decimate that race as well. So. And, and arguably, you could argue it makes her a better athlete because mm. she's got more balanced life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's probably using beam. Yes, exactly. <laughs> getting lots of sleep. Okay, John, let's mention our uh, patrons. Uh, Michael, built to last column. We've got Christopher Little J Swan. Uh, Swain, I Swain, guess. Sorry, Swain. And Ben Popeye Moore. Okay, sponsors include, uh, we've got... Uh, you can. you can. You can. Sports and nutrition that gives you longer lasting energy without the spike and crash of sugar. Remember the promo codes, either I am talk 2021 if you go on the dot com. If you're going elsewhere, try that one or otherwise try I am talk. And then Beam. Uh, Beam creates the highest quality functional supplements for better balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. Use the promo code I am talk at beamtlc.com Okay, so the uh, other than that, if you want to get the show, if you want to become a patron, go to uh, imtalk.me. It's pretty obvious once you're on the site. Support the show, support the boys. Uh, just keep us doing what we're doing. If you want some coaching, you can go to coachjohnnewson.com. You can check out my latest podcast, which I released yesterday at bevanjamesisles.com. Content, Edge Group of the Week, cool websites, other feedback, imtalkpodcast at gmail.com. John, you goss. Well, it's a nice sunny day. I'm looking forward to going out for a little trundle on my bike after we've finished this. Well, we've definitely had a good autumn, time. haven't we? We have. So we had a great autumn. Last week was a bit miserable. I went home and did a trainer session. Bought myself a new Cube bike on, on Zwift. It won't mean anything to you, Bevan. Bought myself the nice how new much did you How much did you pay for a Cube bike on Zwift? This well, is so unlike John Newsom. Well, no, this is, you don't, you're not actually yeah, no, you buy virtual money. Uh, oh. It's virtual money. Okay, so how do you, do you earn that by racing, do you? Yeah, by, by training. So Okay. And now I've got to go up another level to get my Cube road bike as well. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing three Zwift rides last week. Just So okay. how many level, how long does it take you to get to the level? Well, it'll probably take me another... 10 rides or so to get okay. up another level um, so I did that last week and I kind of a lot of time for me going on the trainer is to catch up on TV things <laughs> that I can't watch so I was like I need to do a ride it's actually weather's okay but I kind of want to catch up on this uh, what were you watching? I was watching the Formula 1 we discussed this oh, before, you did, yeah. before the show you don't uh, watch Line of Duty do you? sorry? Line of Duty? no Oh, John, you've got to get onto the line of duty. So I watched Formula 1 and I want to watch a little bit of Super League as well. Um, so I'm watching that Drive to Survive. And that's the model that I think the PTO wants to go for is Formula 1 racing is not exciting, but the way they package this series 
it's just riveting. Yeah, well, and it's funny because Joe even said, because she heard it from somewhere, she said, apparently that Formula One series, we need to watch it. The guys that they're profiling aren't winning the races or anything like that. There's a lot of shit going on in the background and it won't be the same for Triathlon, but I guess that's maybe what they're sort of working towards. Anyway, and I'm going off on school camp with my daughter tomorrow, so that's going to be fun fun times. How many days? Three, three days. Oh, no sleep. School camps these days are not what they used to be. You Too much health and safety? No, well, yes. But you go away, all the food's provided, uh, It's they're not camping out. Are they bivouacking? No, they're in bunk rooms. Uh, oh, God. But health and safety, oh, the document, because I'm a parent helper, they have, you only have so many parent helpers, and oh, really? the document comes through, it's like flipping 30 pages long, it's like, come on. There is a level of it, you know, I get health and safety, and you, know, you don't want people to die in their job, obviously, but in New Zealand, in the last period of time, since probably the last eight years, no. Health and safety yeah. rules got changed, and uh, it's a bit, when you think of the cost of the country, massive cost. Yeah, you know. Now, but hey, we're a very safe country, so it's maybe not a bad thing. But yeah, definitely adds a lot of procedure. Yeah, Bevan, what's happening with you? What have I been up to, John? Not much. I watched. Sorry, I interrupt again. I watched the second half of the Warriors. Almost cursed them at the weekend. I've got to give our weekly Warriors update. Have I, a little I, faith, I, John. I, Have I, a little faith. I was I was cooking dinner and I and I said it's half time and I see they're up twenty four four four. I think okay, I'll have a piece of this. I'll watch a bit of the second half. They might do so it. So you're right. the problem. <laughs> yeah, I am. Turn it on. I'm sitting there making bloody pizzas for about an hour and a half. And during that time, watching the Warriors, uh, didn't score one single point and very nearly lost the game. But. I think there's six on the table now. Yes. It's, uh, it's our year, John. <laughs> our year. The good thing is that young guy, yeah. Walsh, yeah. he's, 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 he's going to be a star. We've got a star. Like the Warriors. He could be an Isles. He's got, he's got a little baby. He's only 18. Yeah, well, he's younger than I was. Yeah. yeah. So um, you, the Warriors, for all you American listeners are going to love this, uh, and the UK, the Warriors have, 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 have never really had the apps. Like Stacey Jones is a good player. Mm. We've had some good players. We've had some real top, top level players. But superstars? Have we had any superstars? We've got two of us, Sheik now. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, he's a superstar. Yeah. He is, yep. So, but but in, in the halves, in the halves, we've never had a superstar. So, and this young kid looks like he's the goods. So, mm. oh, exciting. It's, it's our year, John. It's our year. It's our year. Uh, other than watching the Warriors, John, um, got an 80th this weekend. Oh, yeah. It's Joe's cool. in-laws, is it? Joe's auntie, Joe, Joe, yeah. auntie Jane, um, Auntie Kay. Auntie Kay's good because Auntie Kay likes spending money. Nice. And it's only a small family event. I think there's only going to be about eight of us. Like it's just, mm. I think she spent over a thousand bucks on them food. Nice. Yeah, so I'm having a good yeah. meal this Saturday yeah. night. Seconds and thirds. <laughs> big training day, big training day on Saturday. So I've got to get that done. Um, oh, John. <laughs> just sneeze <laughs> over my lounge. Well, I was trying not to get it your way. Have you read The Stand by Stephen King? No. Do you read any Stephen King? No. Why not? I'm reading. Who am I reading at the moment? Uh, Bal- uh, Baldici? No, I'm not reading Baldici. I'm reading... Oh, sorry, carry on. Do you like a good crime one, do you? Crime's all right. Did you end up reading that Ben McIntyre recommended? The Spy and the Traitor? I think I did, actually, on an e-book, I think. Because he's got another yeah. good one, which I read recently, about a guy called um, Philby. Kim Philby. I'm very bad at remembering the books I read. I couldn't even tell you. The one I'm reading at the moment... See, I can't remember. What's, about, it, what's happening? It's about Dunn. It's about a guy Dunn and he's come back from the war and he had his face smashed in. <sighs> um, anyway, sorry. That's not a very good story. <laughs> Carry on. No, I'm reading it because I, I like Stephen King. I've read most of his books. I am not don't read every book, but I do. The JFK one you want to read. Have mm. you read the JFK one? No. So the JFK one's really cool because it's basically the date. So remember, it's the date that he got mm. killed. So it's like the 11th. I think it's 22, 11, 68 or whatever, 9. Um, and... 
it's basically it's this book which starts where it starts where this guy meets this guy and this guy says to me, look, I found this portal where you can go back in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can you can come back and forth between, but it kind of resets. Mm-hmm. But when you go back, it's seven years before JFK dies. And I think I've figured out who JFK killed JFK. And I, but I, there's a few more things you need to figure out. And I'm getting old and I can't do this anymore. Can you, mm-hmm. Are you willing to take over? Mm-hmm. And... Um, so then he goes back in time, and but it's kind of like the seven years. So he kind of becomes a spy on Lever Harvey Oswald. It's such a good book. Mm. Yeah, so highly. If you like reading, but I'm reading The Stand right now, and it's, it basically starts with a pandemic. Right. Yeah, and it seems like it's a pandemic that's been accidentally released from the from the military. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love a good book, John. Good. So that's, that's my thing right now. But the Ben McIntyre one about Kim Philby. Mm-hmm. Kim Philby was basically a spy for the Russians. It rings a bell. Yeah, it, it, and, and basically he became a household name because, mm. and he spied for the Russians the whole time, but he was became one of the top spies in the UK. And, oh, it's a fascinating story, like true stuff. Mm. Oh, I love it, John. Great. What's your favourite, when you go to when you go to Amazon? <sighs> Yet. <laughs> We've been going for an hour and a half, we're hey, okay. Hey, hey people want to know this. Pad? When you go to Amazon, what category do you always look to first? Uh, I'm going to just go on recommendations. I don't really have a particular category. I'm trying to diversify a little bit. So to look at a bit of sci-fi? Bloody, hold on, let me find the name of this. Oh, I, don't, I want to wrap up the show. Uh, <laughs> sci-fi, I do like a bit of sci-fi. I like a good sci-fi. I'm not into all sci-fi, but some sci-fi. Yeah, I'm not doing very well here on my uh, my book. Danny Dunn, that's what it's called, not Brian Danny Dunn. Dunn. Danny Dunn. Danny uh, Dunn. Well, it's a bit of a... Uh, a guy's come back and he's got a solver. Jeez, he's got a few. Danny Dunn's gone. The anti-gravity paint. What the hell is all this stuff? Danny Dunn. Bryce Courtney. That's what I'm reading at the moment. Oh, what are you reading? Bryce Courtney. I like Bryce yeah. Courtney. What's the book? The story of Danny Dunn. Oh, I never heard of it. Yeah. He did The Potato Factory. That's, Have you read that? I've got that. that that's my, on my list. My father-in-law's very encouraging me to read all those ones. Oh, those well. are brilliant. The Potato Factory. Tom and Potato Factories. It's because I just read The Power of One. And then I went on to Did this. you like The Power of One? Yes. And so then I've gone on to this one. But I don't want to read too much of them because I've... Yeah, you can get a bit over people, can't you? You're Potato Factory. It's a Potato Factory, Tom Old Hawk and Solomon Song. The trip... The, the, yeah, yeah, the third one's not great, but mm. one and two are brilliant. And they're doing the Tom Old Hawk, so it's about the sons of the lady in the first one. Um, they do this whaling. They go whaling and he doesn't... Don't spoil it for me. No, I won't spoil it for you, but he, they go whaling, I think even down in this part of the world. Mm. And they're the whalers and it just it does a scene about catching a whale and oh, it's so awesome. Very good. Oh, team, we should just be doing book readers, review, readers weekly talk. Book review. <laughs> I've got to get back into my weekly Toreo. I've got to, I'll include that from now on. What? With, but a weekly... A weekly what did you learn this week? week? I haven't been this week. It's school holidays. Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. Well, is coming back. It is. Right, I'm Rust. Shut up, John. We need to finish this up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kick hard.